Entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professionals who seek excellence. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show on the Business Builders Media Network. Here's Marty Wolf. Welcome to the Business Builders Show. My name is Marty Wolf. I am your host for the Business Builders Show, and I am delighted to have my friend and the co-founder of Zingerman's Deli, Mr. Ari Weinzweig, with me. Ari, welcome Marty, to the show again. It's an honor to be here, as I, always. I keep, and this time it really is here. It is really here. We are at uh, Zing Train yeah. as we speak right now. So... Um, I've been looking forward to this interview for a bunch of reasons, as I'll explain my interest uh, as we talk through everything today. Um, but to, let's start this way. So in 1982, you and Paul opened a deli in downtown Ann Arbor. Yep. Ann Arbor, Michigan. 41 years later, now there are hundreds of employees, and you're generating... Millions, many millions of dollars. Congratulations on that, number one. 2023 of this year, January, I believe, you and Paul had a meeting with your Z-Coppers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd like to know, who, what are Z-Coppers and what did you announce at that January 2023 meeting? Yep. You're on. Go, brother. Okay, man. Here we are, 41 point. <laughs> Two, five years later. Give or take. Uh, yes, I think, I don't know, there's about 750 people who work in the organization. Yep. Uh, ZCOB is the initials for Zingerman's Community of Businesses, which is what we have been calling the organization since 1994 mm -hmm. when we rolled out our 2009 vision. So, 94, we were in our 12th year in business. Yeah. Uh, January, what we formally announced, which was not a shock because of the way we work, we had been sharing information with people over the course of a couple of years that we were working on this and getting yeah. people's input into it uh, as we moved along. But what we rolled out formally in January was uh, Zingerman's Perpetual Purpose Trust, or ZPPT, as we have come Zingerman's to call Perpetual it Purpose Trust. Yeah, uh, you shorten it up. Well, we, yeah. we have. So that's what it was. And I bet you're going to ask me to tell more about it at some point. Well, that's usually what happens in these kinds of interviews. But yeah. uh, I, I guess I'm following yeah. what I got here yeah. in, in your newsletter. Yeah. And uh, it says, sharing the next big step in Zingerman's history, putting a perpetual trust into place for our intellectual property. So what's the point of all this? What's the point of doing yeah. what you've done? Well, this this is work that uh, I, you know, going back to 1982, I couldn't, I mean, it was probably as far from my mind as the World Wide Web, right? Which, <laughs> which now seems mundane and yeah. obvious, uh, but in 1982, none of us were thinking about going online to order food yes. <laughs> or email each other or whatever. 
1982, I was going to be, you know, happy that we would make it through a year in business. And I, I honestly probably didn't think I'd live to be 30 just because it seemed like everybody in those days was dying young. Wow. Yeah. In tragic ways. But anyway, in a, in a wonderful way, here we are 41 years later and we're still going and I still like going to work and Paul yep. and I still like each other. and <laughs> Partners uh, for 41 feel, years. That's an accomplishment by itself. Incredibly fortunate for for what I've had this chance to be a small part of in in being yeah. a, a component of this organization. So, uh, what this is about is looking as far into the future as we've already come over mm -hmm. the forty one years, mm -hmm. and it's about succession planning. Right. Um. And and it's a it's a way to do the succession work that I believe we believe is appropriate for us uh it might be of interest hopefully to some people that are listening i'm yeah. not here to say it's the only way to right. do it or that other ways are wrong it's just a way that uh is not well known uh but that i believe will be mm -hmm. ever more uh important looking into the future of american business looking into the future of american business i was chatting with Katie before setting everything up and and we were just talking about the distinctiveness of it. It's I think I'm right with this. It's it's only available in twelve states. It's not even available everywhere. I shared it with my attorney who works with us in, in succession planning and he says, Wow, what a what a novel concept. So back in eighty two or yep. a few years after, this kind of stuff was the furthest thing from your mind. You were yep. may want to make sure you had enough corned beef for the day. And you had your rye bread coming in from Detroit, yep. and you had all that all, all all kind of organized. But but here you are, all these years later. But along the way, uh, let's talk about um, you know what kind of influence you mentioned uh, Grace Lee Boggs yep. in your note here, and I yep. think that had a big influence as well as someone else, uh, Schumacher. But we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, like like you, uh, it's one of the things that you and I have in common, and probably many of the people listening also have in common, that's why they're listening, uh, is always trying to learn from people who know more yeah. than we do. And uh, Grace Lee Boggs, uh, Paul actually got to know her a little bit, my partner oh, Paul, good. Um, but she... Uh, half of her 100 years or so in Detroit, mm -hmm. uh, about 45 minutes or 60 minutes to the east of where we are in Ann Arbor. Mm -hmm. And she was uh, she was an activist. She worked a lot uh, for social change, and she created some amazing things and wrote some amazing things about uh, possibilities for the future and how we needed to look uh, to new ways of being in the world. Uh, not in the context of overthrowing governments or that sort of thing, but really yeah. about how we as human beings can relate more holistically to ourselves and to each other and to the planet in a way that was peaceful and positive and, yeah. and made meaningful change for many people. And, and her work really inspired many, and I'm only one of those many people. Sure. Yeah. Talk about Small is Beautiful, that yeah. book, E.F. Schumacher, which also yeah. influenced your thinking. Yes, well, that's another great book from 1973, I think. That's uh, correct. Somehow I didn't read it until about uh, five or six, seven years ago. But uh, 
it's relevant for many things and I can't recommend it too highly, but in the context of our conversation today, it came up around succession planning. And so maybe I'll back up a little bit to how Go we ahead. got to succession planning. So sure. um, because everybody's in business, you know, we had, Paul and I had early on, relatively early on uh, at his uh, instigation, we purchased insurance policies for a buyout of each other so that if one right. of us were to pass away, which eventually was going to happen, and thankfully, knock on wood, hasn't happened. Yet. Um, yep, thank goodness. To date, excuse me, uh, that uh, the insurance would uh, go to the one partner who was still alive, and then that money could be used to buy out the heirs. It's a fairly common uh, Pretty common practice. Right. Practice. So we had this insurance in place, and over the years, as the business grew, we increased the value of the insurance, hopefully to be roughly commensurate with the value of the business. Mm -hmm. um, about 15 years ago, 12 years ago or something, Paul started asking me what happens when the second one dies, and I uh -huh. first said, well, I don't know, the insurance pays or whatever, and he goes, yeah, but who owns the shares? And I'm like, I don't know, I got work to do. <laughs> But of course, it was a good question, and I didn't have an answer, and I, it took me a long time to get my mind around it, and we really didn't have a clear answer. I mean, the yeah. typical models of succession uh, are well known. Uh, many people leave their business to their kids. That was something we never intended to do, and right. so that wasn't on the table. Uh, many people uh, that I know might go public if they have had success as we've had, and that isn't really how we want to work. I, no yep. offense to those who do it, but it's not my, th my thing to be engaged with the uh, drive for quarterly profits from Wall Street, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, a very common way is that people sell their business. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's uh, in the context of the agri uh, organizational ecosystem metaphor, which I yeah. write a lot about. Uh, it's a little bit like Paul and I planted a forest. We spent 40 years growing the forest, and then it's time to move on. So we clear-cut the forest. We take the money, and we move to wherever. I, I would go to New Mexico. He might go to Las Vegas. But we, we go somewhere out that we want to go. and Very, you know, very traditional approach. Yeah, and there's Selling nothing, a lot to private equity. Yep. And again, happens a lot today. Yep. Or to a bigger business, whatever, uh, whatever. Like Borders works books for you. here in Ann Arbor was an institution which was sold, I think, 1991 to Kmart. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a way to get money back out of your business, which small business like us, like most of the people who listen to your show, the valuation of the business on paper is generally more money than you have yeah. <laughs> by far. Right. And so it's a way to, in quotes, have that cash event or cash out. And there's nothing really wrong with that. But one of the problems of it, in my mind, was that it, it takes this institution of the Zingerman's community of businesses out of the community. That's an important statement. And it, it may leave the physical businesses here for the near term, but it moves over time more and more the profit and the power, decision-making power, to shift further and further afield. Often that first sale turns into a second sale. Often the CEO or whatever, she or he, of the company who bought you may be values aligned, but two years later they've moved on to something else, and pretty soon... Right. Uh, the decisions are getting made by people who really are not even barely familiar with what's going on. They're right. physically often 
in another city, et cetera. Let me, let me jump in. A community of businesses, Zingerman's community of businesses are all in Ann Arbor, Michigan, yep. which was the design. Yep. Now you've done the Zingerman's Perpetual, Perpetual Purpose Trust. Yep. And one of the main drivers, several drivers, is the idea of community yep. and people. Yep. Right? Yes. And that's kind of the differentiator, I think. Yeah, so the what we wanted was a way that the profit and the power, decision-making power, could stay within the organization. Damn. And <laughs> because the typical legal models are you have to have a person who owns the business, yeah. then it either has to be sold to heirs or sold to, oh, I didn't mention an ESOP, which is a way to sell it to right. employees, but one of the problems with ESOPs is five years after the ESOP got it, they can turn around and sell it to another company. And so yep. it's not evil, but it does, again, eliminate that idea of keeping the organization rooted in the community uh, for many years to come. So the trust allows essentially as uh, Natalie Reitman White, who was our advisor right. in this, says the, the purpose owns the company, not people. Now that, that's an extreme way of saying it because the benefit and the ownership does also go to the right. people who work here in, in the way that we're doing it. But the, the company can stay in the community for many decades to come. And my hope is that in 2082, there's a 100th anniversary party. Paul and I will have long since left the planet but that the Zingerman's community of businesses can still be rooted here and still be a positive contributor to the community so that instead of clear-cutting, we create an old-growth forest. An old-growth forest, something that's taken years to grow, yeah. to become healthy, yep. and you want to sustain that over time. Yes. How long did it take you to get to this point? I know you spent years... Uh, evaluating, working on thinking what about what is. to do. Yeah. So, so as we thought about succession, and we were looking at all these different options, and none of them seemed great. Right. Uh, now I'll come back to where you started to lead me before to E. F. Schumacher. So I was reading this book, and uh, I don't know about two thirds of the way into the book, there's it's only two or three pages in there about it, but there was uh, he told the story of the Scott Bader Commonwealth right. in England. Uh, and Mr. Bader had come from Switzerland as an immigrant to the UK uh, as a young man, started his own business a few years later, Yeah, like us. He started small, like us. He had some, in quotes, success and had grown his business. And in the early 1950s, so about 30 years into his business, he went through uh, the idea of how he would do something similar. How right. could he make it so that it wouldn't just get sold off uh, for short-term profit, but that it could uh, be allowed to continue for a long time to come, long after he might be gone. And he created, uh, there's a different term in England, right. but essentially the same thing, a perpetual purpose trust, yeah. so that the benefit of the profit from Scott Bader Commonwealth goes to the people who work in the business, but there's a trust that keeps the business from being sold off to bigger companies. It's intellectual property. In our case, it's the intellectual in property. Case. Yeah. Every case is a little bit different. Yes. Uh, but in our case, it's the intellectual property, or in quotes, the brand that is 
yeah. where this uh, that that the perpetual purpose trust is applicable to. It's not for Zing Train where we're sitting now, Zingerman's right. Bakehouse, et cetera, et cetera. It took years to get to that point. You talked to dozens of people inside of your organization, yes. outside of your organization. I want yes. to keep bringing back the point of how important it is to you yeah. and to all the people connected to this organization that it stays within the community that has supported you, who loves you, who you love. Yep. And and to, I'll use the word honor, I guess, uh, the folks who contributed to all of that. Yeah. And and it's a it's a great thought. By the way, let's let's hold up the book. The book is small, is beautiful. There's a clue in there, and and it says, economics as if people mattered. Economics as if people mattered, which they do at Zingerman's. I always I uh, have something to eat at uh, at the Roadhouse or somewhere, and I'm always uh, sending. Or an email to say uh, I had excellent service, and he kind of responds, "Yeah, I know. It's what we expect. <laughs> it's what it's what happens here." At well, Sigerman's, I appreciate it. You know? but, uh, but so yeah, this. So I, I read about this this model that they had, and I thought this is awesome. Uh, I have never been a big believer in giant inheritance. I'm not opposed yeah. to all inheritance, but right. it. It does seem like it's a massively big contributor to economic inequity uh, in the country, and that it is. It's a different. I'll agree. <laughs> it's 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 different in my mind, at least, when the person who made who earned the money has the money than it is when you're two or three generations down the road. Your friend Chuck Collins, yeah, uh, who wrote. Uh, born on third base on third has base. a very yeah. good job of elucidating yes. many of these issues. Yes, uh, and it's less the the, the individuals or, or collective that actually produce the original income than it is what happens many generations down the road. So it's not like I don't want to leave my significant other girlfriend some money, but I also the valuation on paper doesn't need to all yeah. transfer. So. I thought this was a great way that the business, the people in the business, don't have to borrow a lot of money to buy us out. That we could, I could leave Tammy something, but at the same time, yeah. we could keep again the the health and wealth of the business in the business yeah. and continue on for a long time. To answer your question, literally, yes. As I started to share this idea, I did not meet with a lot of positive response that's also true of from outside of Singerman's you didn't get a lot of positive response uh, even within uh, oh interesting okay well it's very uncommon it, it, there's something like distinct. 40 or 50 of these in the country correct uh, very and distinct. that's now so even back at then the 10 years ago there might have been one I don't know maybe none, maybe uh, none. and so uh, you know I've resisted many ideas that at first I didn't understand that turned out to be good, and this was one that I read. I didn't make it up. I learned yeah. about it from uh, E.F. Schumacher, who learned about it from Scott Bader. So it's just sharing something that people aren't familiar with generally meets with resistance, and that was no True. different here. Yeah. Uh, but it felt right, and so staying with it uh, over time, staying in conversation, poking around, making phone calls, reading articles, and eventually... Uh, Maggie Bayless, the founding partner of Zing Train, where we're sitting now, called me one day and she said, I think I found somebody who can, uh, help. can help you. Wow. And so she gave me the name of a guy she had gotten from somebody else who she had mentioned it to. And he, I think, uh, worked with Organic Valley and I'd had a nice chat with him, but he wasn't really right. the one That's who knew right. about it. He sent me to 
a company uh, called Organically Grown out right. in Oregon, which is a, a wholesale uh, right. distributor of organic produce. And I, I talked to the woman who was the CEO, and she gave me a very good rundown of how they had gotten there, why ESOPs didn't work for them, and why they had bought back the shares from the ESOP to get themselves out of that situation, and yeah. how they had created this trust. You know I work with a lot of companies, and when I, we've talked about this topic a few times over the years. When I, when, when I saw this announcement, when you let me know about this, it really hit home to me because, as you know, I've shared this with you, I, I we talk to a lot of business owners who, quite frankly, don't know their options. Yep. Or, you know, they, they certainly just, they don't know. And uh, I deal with a lot of smaller businesses. So, so when I saw this, I was, I was excited about it. And it also made me think, in your case and in Zigerman's case for 41 years, you often have taken the road less traveled. Yes. And so yes, we that's have. how you ran your business. And there was contrarian ideas all the time thrown at you, the way you do business, the way you prepare food, et cetera. And so even the trust is, uh, is a way of uh, traveling the road less traveled. Yep. Right? Absolutely. And um, so here's where I want to go next, because, again, in that context, the point that I'm making to a lot of people is you really can do business differently. Yep. You really can do business differently. I probably stole that exactly from you, word from word. I'm sure somebody said it before <laughs> I did. But and, yes. and so I'm sharing now with people, and I'm using you as the example. Um, so uh, what, what has been the reaction um, to, to the folks that you've introduced it to, to the outside folks? Um, well, what's been the reaction? Ten years later, it's very positive. No, got it. Uh, Ten I, years I, later. Well, it's. We'll find out how it's going to we'll go. We'll find out. Yeah. But obviously, one can't know how something's going to go until it starts going. Yeah. I, I, it's the way that we're setting this up, and everybody can design their own version of it. Uh, is that over time, more and more of the ownership of the intellectual property will pass to the staff members who already own right. a share. So we have, I think it's eight years ago, we set up a program that we call Community Shares. It's a little like a co-op, so everybody who is eligible and decides to buy a share can buy only one, so I own one, uh, et cetera. Right. Uh, there's about 245, 250 people of the 750 own a share. Nice. Yeah. And they get a, a dividend, a small payout, whatever, based on the profitability of the whole organization. Yeah. This will add additional income to them, so it will happen over time so that when we get to, let's say, 20 years down the road, 50, 55, 60, 65 percent of the intellectual property will be owned by uh, the people who work in right. the business. Um, and they will get the commensurate amount of profit that comes from that. Um, Who so, or how does this get managed going forward? Well, so I've started to look at, at succession, and obviously I haven't been through succession before, so I'm learning as we go. I like the Mondragon, uh, the Spanish Basque Co-op Co uh, group. Uh, as a saying, it says, we're building the road as we walk. And we're that, building the road as we walk. Yeah, so okay. I, I like that because uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it conveys the image of what's actually happening. We're figuring this out as we go along. Yeah. But I started to look at succession in three broad categories. So one is governance succession, 
like how will decisions get made. Mm-hmm. The second is cultural succession. Uh, you came to the event on a different subject that I just written about uh, about philosophy last night. So essentially, the cultural succession is the ability to internalize the philosophy and continue mm-hmm. to act on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third is the financial or slash legal ownership of the business. Right. Uh, I, so for me, those three seem to be working. Here in the Zingerman's community of businesses were unusual in many ways, world less traveled, uh, in that we have been governing the organization by consensus of what we call the partners group, which is all the managing partners, uh, since 1994. So next year we'll mark the 30th anniversary of governing the organization by consensus of the partners. That started in 1994 with, I don't know, six, seven of us, mostly sitting on the floor at Maggie Bayless's house, uh, (laughs) having our meetings. Uh, Today, it's, I've lost track, but I don't know, 18. And then we have four, uh, as of eight years ago, when we started the community shares, we added staff partners. So these are people who are not managing partners, but they serve right. two-year terms. They're part of the consensus. Yeah. So, nutshell, in a, in a wonderful way, we have clear governance. That's where decisions get made. Paul and I are part of that consensus uh, for many years, but we're not in charge. This is hard for people to grasp sometimes from the outside. It is, well, especially this, because it is new. Yeah. Um, and it, you, don't, you can't search this and find the, all the answers. No. You can find some information. You'll probably, if you search the, the, the phrase, you might find Zingerman's and the announcement that Ari made. I'm, I'm going to wrap up in a minute by asking Ari to kind of give us some final thoughts. But in the meantime... Um, you can reach Ari, and I'm sure he'd be delighted to hear from you, I'm sure, at Ari, A-R-I, Ari, at Zingermans.com, Ari, at Zingermans.com. If you want to learn more about all the community of businesses, which I suggest you do, whatever size business you are, go to Zingermanscommunity.com, Zingermanscommunity.com. This is a way you can build a company differently. This is something that you don't see well, you see it more because Zingerman's has been in so many different books and in the press so much over the years that if you search this, you'll, you'll learn how to do business differently than what's the accepted role. Um, so, Aria, thanks so much for allowing me back into this beautiful facility. Oh, yeah. and uh, Honored that you're here. And it, it's great. And so we couldn't possibly cover everything, but we think, I think we did a great job. What would you want to share with us and maybe provide some encouragement to people who yeah. want to run their business differently? Yep. Well, just to, to be clear on one thing. So we, the, the, what the trust, people ask what the trust does. So in our model, okay. Good. really, the, because we have this governance already, yeah. that's not changing in the way that we're designing this. So our governance stays with the partners group. Right. The trust perpetual purpose trust as we're doing it here and everybody's different is here it's only for the intellectual property which means there's actually very few decisions that need to get made there so the operation of the zingerman's community businesses happens at the partners group the trust work the perpetual purpose trust work is only about the brand so it would only make decisions if the brand name was going to be licensed let's say technically to a new zingerman's business or we were going to co-brand with the business builders show and have a 
business builders show Zingerman's wow. t-shirt, there would be some yeah. royalty that would come from right. you using our name. And then what the trust off really does in many ways that's most important probably is it's a fail safe. So let's say it's hmm. 20 years down the road, Paul and I have you know gone to Mars or wherever we're going <laughs> and a big company comes and says, hey, we're going to give you $200 million. We love the brand. We're going to use it somewhere else. The trust is going to say, sorry, no. Have a nice day. So, in a, And then it also would protect against some attempt to use the name in a way that might bring a lot of cash, but would be not, a, not aligned with not the a ethics or values uh, or mission of the organization. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, as I said, if some the American Nazi party called and they said, we're going to give $20 million to make a co-branded t-shirt with you, the trust would say, sorry, no. So it holds you to your purpose, to your ethics, et cetera. And then in that sense, it keeps the company from being sold for short-term gain, even if we're long gone. So that's really what it does. There, uh, Patagonia rolled one of right. these out uh, last fall. Just, we didn't just, know that. They're right. a little bigger than we are. <laughs> their, their model of how it's designed is different, but the basic principles of it are the same. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, this work is ongoing. Like I said, there's maybe 40 or 50 of these. Uh, I'm happy to share what we've learned. I'm happy to send people to resources of people who know more than I do. Uh, and I'm happy to share how it's going as we move along. And then you uh, get the e-news that I do uh, yes. regularly. People can reach out to me. You gave the email and, and do that. And then there's a whole lot more about this, uh, various ways that we work in the various books that I've written. Ari's at Zingermans.com. <coughs> yes, he will respond. Yes, I suggest you do that to get his newsletter, to read and learn from Ari, which I've done for years, and I've applied a lot of what he shared. He's been kind and sharing with me that I've shared to other clients to help them to become uh, more human human beings. I think yeah, that's, that's from the Grace Lee Boggs. Grace quote. Lee Boggs. Yeah. I, I like that thought process. Yeah. Again, you can go to zingermanscommunity.com. You can learn all about this and all about their different businesses. If you're within 100 miles or 1,000 miles of Ann Arbor, Michigan, I think you should stop into the deli and maybe get some great coffee from the Zingerman's Coffee Company. All right. Pleasure always. Thank, Thank you so you, much. Marty. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Business Builders Show on the Business Builders Media Network. Find all our shows and many other great podcasts at businessbuildersmedia.com. That's businessbuildersmedia.com.